Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the inaugural edition of the 2018 Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Carlos Silva, the sports editor here at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Joined as always by... Mike Graham, our high school sports writer, and you and I have been busy, Mike. That's why we've been on such a hiatus uh, since I want to say it was baseball, I think, when you were kind of chatting a little bit about that stuff. Obviously, a nice run by New Home and kind of everyone else, New Deal as well. But now it's football time. I know you're fired up. I'm fired up to talk about it. Before we get to all the details on that, uh, we'll kind of throw a little bit of a rundown of what we're going to chat about. We want to obviously mention the fact that our Lone Star Varsity football tab is coming out this weekend. That'll be August the 19th on Sunday, so don't forget to check that out. That'll have previews on every team that we cover in our coverage area. I believe that's about 60-plus teams. God bless you, Mike. I don't know how you did it. You did about 40-plus of those, so God bless you, man. So I guess uh, after that first one, kind of getting all that stuff out, I guess what's the biggest thing you learned? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it, it was pretty difficult to, to do all that, um, but the, the great thing is once you're done with it, you kind of have a, a, a a handle on all the teams for the rest of the year, at least at their starting position. Um, and you're so, not as stressed, right? <laughs> exactly. And, <laughs> you know, what I determined um, through all the work was really, I feel like this area is in position to have an even better year than it did last year, which is saying something. That is. You had a Borden County win a state championship, mm-hmm. and uh, Coronado went and broke through to the regional championship mm-hmm. round. You know, obviously only one or two teams are, are capable of doing those things. But I, I think that there's going to be a pretty thick field heading into the deeper rounds of the postseason this year. So I guess uh, just so we kind of keep this a little bit uh, short, we'll try and keep this to about 10 minutes. I'll give you a little bit of a heads up. But we'll, we're, we're going to go a little bit through some of all the classifications. Obviously, everyone will get all the information once Sunday comes out. We'll have all our rankings and all the other stuff. And then we'll talk about that next week and get everyone fired up for that as I believe uh, scrimmages are starting this week. Uh, first week of scrimmages this week. The second week of scrimmages uh, the week after next. And then, of course, football finally starts and everyone is happy. But you alluded to him earlier. Coronado, what have you seen from them? I know uh, one of the things, talking to Coach Parr a couple times, felt really good about Blair Conright, one of the most, uh, I want to say, other than maybe DK Blaylock got a new deal, probably one of the most recruited kids here in the Lone Star Varsity coverage area. Not only that, but one of our best athletes, too, along with DK Blaylock. But uh, he's obviously going to get his yards. But one of the biggest things is a quarterback. And what have you seen out of Sawyer Robertson so far? Yeah, you know, it's uh, that's the big question mark heading into the season. And we've seen him in the past. He backed up Quay Gray as a, as a freshman last season. Yep. And he got to play extensively because Coronado had a habit of uh, knocking teams out pretty early in games and he'd come in for mop-up role. But obviously inheriting the starting quarterback position is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And not just a little bit different, but a lot of bit different. Yeah. Um, but he's, he, you know, I've talked to him. He's really got a level head on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. I like him a lot. He's got a good athletic pedigree. His father is Stan Robertson, mm-hmm. 1993 first-round pick by the MLB. Montreal Expos. Uh, that didn't pan out. He ended up quarterbacking at Tech a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but probably more famous than him around here is Alicia Robinson, mm-hmm. who is sorry Robertson, who is uh, uh, Sawyer's uh, aunt, mm-hmm. and uh, so he's he's got a good athletic pedigree to start with. Um, and the big question about him is he's coming to an offense that, that's half and half. Mm-hmm. There are five returning starters. They're skill players that are really good at the receiving core. So if he's good, they're not going to miss a beat. However, 
they had to rebuild their offensive line yep. over the offseason, and, and that's a place that, that that's a bit of a concern because they know they've got two guys there. They've got Eric Williams returning from last year's team. EJ Hodges came in from Port Lavaca, uh, and they have a guard, a center, and a guard position to fill. Uh, but if, if all goes well there, I think Sawyer can can handle it from the beginning. He's got all the tools. I mean, this uh, we're talking about a six foot three, 190-pound kid, too. Eric with a K, of course, as I learned uh, thanks to you, Mike. Yes. One of the other things, too, is if you get that going, you don't necessarily have to put a lot on Sawyer Robertson. I know Seth Parr may do that because just Seth Parr, that's just how he is. He likes to challenge his quarterbacks. But the one good thing about Sawyer Robertson, other than maybe Quay Gray, he's the second quarterback to kind of go through that system, the middle school system, going up into high school. He knows what he's going to look at. And not only that, but then you got some other skill position players, just as I mentioned before. you got a Blair Conright, who will certainly take some of the pressure off on offense. And the most important one, Caleb Manuel, who you wrote about earlier this week. Yeah, Caleb Manuel is the running back. Uh, he's a 1,200-yard rusher, and yep. he was slated to be a question mark coming into this season. Mm-hmm. He was the backup to Jared Compton. Uh, Compton went down in the first game, never really recovered, and, and Manuel became the guy. And when you can run for 1,200 yards while your quarterback throws for 4,000 yards, Not you bad. know you have a good offense, mm-hmm. and, and you know that Caleb made the most of his opportunities, which were somewhat limited. I, I think that they, ran, they, they threw the ball – about 33% more than they than, than they ran. So certainly a lot of good things going out for Coronado. We got some other teams in Class 5A that could certainly make some noise. I know you spoke to Monterey, Coach Hutchinson. There's certainly a, a lot of inexperience there, but a lot of talent as well. We'll also talk a little bit about Lubbock Cooper if you want to chat about them. I know the Pirates have a lot of pieces kind of coming together. Some of them uh, will show up uh, in a year after they're kind of going through the junior varsity ranks and all that. We'll get into a little bit more about that. But just at the 5A ranks, I know Coronado's going to be the team that everyone talks about, at least from a state perspective. I know Dave Campbell's is really high on the on the, on the the Mustangs. But I guess what have you seen from Monterey and any other Class 5A teams that have impressed you the last couple of years? Yeah, I think Monterey's a team that could really surprise people. I think it's not out of the question that it wins the District 2 5A Division One. Uh, ah, you're finally on record. Yeah. Finally got you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to start off with Coronado uh, of ahead of them. But but I think this is a very, very good football team in spite of only bringing back six players. You know, mm-hmm. they were slated to bring back James Langston, who had four interceptions, yep. uh, more than 100 tackles at a defensive back spot. He had to move to Austin, so he's no longer with them. And there, there's really just – there's not a lot known about this team except that they have a good running back, a good quarterback, a good – Dual uh, threat quarterback, yeah. by the way. And, and just a couple of guys on the defensive front. But what, what I think makes this team special is they have what I've termed a transcendent backfield. There you go. They're just extremely athletic. Corey and Bailey's a dual threat. Mm-hmm. And I think that can mask a lot of problems on any level, mm-hmm. but especially on the high school level. So now, really looking forward to seeing them and, and how they gel as the season goes forward. Not only that, but then the other thing that I think we've spoken about is the fact that you've got a coach that's been there for a while, a seasoned coach. He's obviously taken Stanford to the state title game and kind of what he's seen. And just uh, he, he's just got his program kind of set up the way he wants it, kind of how Seth Parr has it with Coronado. I think that's going to certainly play some parts in that. But speaking of another program that's really kind of set – in its ways or just kind of really has its philosophy set down is Lubbock Cooper with yeah. Max Catwinkle. Yeah, no doubt. This is a team that I'm also very excited about. And I think they're going to benefit from the divisional split like 4A and the divisions yeah. below 5A split up. And now there's a division one and division two beginning this football season. And um, Cooper is in a region that's pretty wide open. And they're one of the more reputable teams in the region. And very spacious, too. All yeah. the way to Wichita Falls. That's yeah, going to be a fun the, trip. The district is, is enormous. It's... Uh, Canyon Randall down yep. 
through Plainview to Lubbock Cooper and then is rounded out by Abilene Wiley mm-hmm. and the two Wichita Falls schools. Which they're all good schools. It's just there's just so much, uh, I guess, road you have to travel you're, for it yeah, all. Yeah, you're exactly right. And uh, I think that the competition is going to benefit them from the district. And I, I think that they're really, yeah, I, I think they're really good teams in the district. You, you look at Wichita Falls, Ryder, mm-hmm. um, they have a great history. And then Abilene Wiley's hopping up from uh, 4A Division One, mm-hmm. two years removed from making an appearance in the state championship game playing uh, against the old level line lobos yeah competed competed well against monterey last season yep i mean this is a this is a team that'll challenge cooper but cooper returns a lot of experience and i really like their quarterback brendan mel so i'm pretty excited about what the season could bring i think it could bring a regional championship so i don't know how much you can kind of talk to this uh, i know one of the things and and maybe i'll even go on record as saying this might be a sleeper team for me i know it's still in a tough district 2-6a but friendship they went winless last year in uh, Coach Jay Northcutt's first year. I think there's a lot coming back. I think they had a lot of injuries they had to deal with. And I think uh, all the pieces are going to be there. You're obviously going to talk to them uh, later today. Today's Wednesday when we're recording this. So you'll get a little bit more info than we have. But I think the one thing that I like about it is they're really kind of switching up to that wide open offense that Jay Northcote was used to uh, prior to his time. I believe he was at Garland Saxe uh, mm-hmm. before he came there. So I think that's going to be the one thing is, yes, they did have a tough year last year, but their quarterback was really good through for about more than 1500 yards, if I'm not mistaken. And if you can get a running game behind that, which is something they didn't have last year because Garrison Johnson elected to transfer to Manville. So right before the season, you kind of lose your, top division one running back i mean that's a tough blow as well but i think the pieces are there especially on the offensive line i don't know how you feel about it like i said you can be a little bit more general we can talk a little bit more next week but i i think friendship is at least on the come up yeah i don't have a lot to add to that i think you're exactly right i've got them finishing third in the district behind odessa permian which is supposed to be very good yep. then lee's supposed to be very good yep and i've got friendship ahead of tesco so with midland high on odessa high rounding it out um you know austin phillips is coming in at quarterback mm-hmm. he started i think two and a half games and, and like you said threw for 1,500 yards which that's pretty darn good yeah, for two it's, games it's, it's I mean. decent they the receiver cores back their defense mm-hmm. is back there and you know you can say well yeah they're they're back from an 0 and 10 team but experience is experience and uh I like them well to kind of get through this a little bit quicker we're just going to go through the classifications just let me know what teams you're kind of excited about I know one of the teams that really excites me going into this year is Estacado I know Dave Campbell's is really high on them. I know they lost uh, Coach Marcus Shavers. He uh, elected to move on to go to uh, McKinney High School. So good luck to him. Obviously a good dude. Still keep in touch with him. He's uh, obviously still rooting for Estacado. I know a couple times he's tweeted at Joe Cooley, who's now their new uh, head coach, former defensive coordinator. I, I guess what have you kind of seen from the Matadors? Uh, one of the things I feel like that's going to really help them this year is their defense is just going to be stout. Yeah, I, I was. That was just about what I was. Uh, what I was going to say. I mean, they they have size. They have state championship size. I mean, I, I've done a lot of. 4A Division One teams in, in my day. Carthage. And East Texas. Yeah, they, yes. and, 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 Always I mean, goes back to East Texas. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, that's a team that won the past two state championships and is favored to win three out of four this year being the gap year as they turn over, which is good for Estacado. Mm-hmm. Uh, although Estacado is going to be at Division Two, but you know, it's 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 pretty wide open, and they, they have that kind of size, and they have that kind of talent. I mean, you look at the running backs alone. I mean, they mm-hmm. might have two Division One guys in their backfield. Jeremiah Dobbins, he's coming back for his junior year, mm-hmm. ran for 1,700 yards last year. Seth Porter coming off an ACL tear, he's supposed to be pretty good. Yep. But I, I go back to the front, and, and 
the trenches in general. They really have good size. And then on the perimeter, you've got Donald Young. He might be a Division One prospect. He's mm-hmm. got size six foot three, one ninety. Caught for four hundred eighty yards last year. The, the big question for the Matadors is how are they going to react to Jalen Dobbins because he's coming in at quarterback to take yeah. over for Bo Sims. Uh, doesn't have experience, but he's supposed to be athletic and. Um, Hopefully he can he can add uh, the passing game in, into their uh, repertoire because that, I think that was something that held Estacado back a little bit last year. Their, their passing game just wasn't great. And it'll be interesting to see how their defense uh, obviously kind of does without some of their playmakers from last year. J.J. Walton is a kid that I remember that just was just, mm-hmm. just a ball hawk. And uh, I don't know if there's anyone else from uh, 4A either in Division One or Division Two. I know Seminole's a team that everyone's wondering how they'll do after losing uh, Cade Barnard and <clears> – <throat> Excuse me, uh, Reese Moore to Division One programs. Barnard going to Army, and of course uh, Reese Moore now moving from uh, tight end to punter to now he's looking like he's going to be an offensive lineman for Texas. So certainly, you know, he's a, a big growing boy. But and anyone else you kind of wanted to mention before he went to three A? Because I think I, I think Level Land's going to contend with Estacado. I, not, I, not, I always forget about Level yeah, Land, man. They're not, in the same district. Not only in District Two Four A Division Two, but I think that that could circle back to be a uh, regional semifinal or, yeah. or a true regional championship game. I, I agree game. with that. I mean, let's talk about Chris Gerber, little brother of Nick Gerber, who's yep. here at Texas Tech now, that record-setting quarterback. This guy's got potential to do those kinds of things. And he can year. run. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. He, I mean, 4,000 total yards last season in his first year at quarterback when Nick was the quarterback mm-hmm. at Level Land. Chris was the running back and ran for 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. So his production's really good. Really like their defense. They're uh, strong everywhere. I think the key concern for them is offensive line, but everywhere else they have experience. So uh, it could be a good year. You know, I, I, I think that most of our good teams, or what we project to be good teams this year, are entering the season with offensive line uh, question marks. Yeah, well, not only that, but then you've also got some good teams as we kind of go down the line at 3A, a team that I'm expecting some big things from shallow water. you got Cutter Sparks coming back. you got some other playmakers as well. Brody Hendrick, that'll help him out. Coach Wood coming into his second year after... I mean, they, they go from two wins to – I can't remember how many they had last year. I want to say eight wins. Ten. Oh, ten wins. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm thinking of another team. But, I mean, you, you look at that jump, and that's just in the first year. So now that they've got all the off-season workouts going, they've got all the all the positive momentum from the previous season. Cutter Sparks is obviously working his butt off to be a better quarterback. I think there's high ceilings for the Mustangs this year. So I totally agree with you. I, I think that – Obviously, their their region is going to be tough. But oh, absolutely. Went to the state championship game yeah. last year after knocking them out. They returned some pieces. Bushland, which mm-hmm. made a run in 4A Division Two to the regional championship round. They've moved down to 3A Division One. They're in Shallow Waters District, so that's going to be a really fun battle. And then just the traditional teams in their district. Yeah. Muleshoe, Slayton, Littlefield, River Road. I, I don't really know a lot about River Road. I haven't seen them before. Mm-hmm. But, but Running team. I yeah. mean, that's really all you need to know. I, I, it's funny because the, the last couple years in that district, a lot of throwing teams. Muleshoe used to throw the ball a lot. I mean, you could, I mean, you could basically flip a coin and you would know when they were throwing a bubble screen to kind of run for a lot of yards. I mean, that's what they're known for. So, but but shallow water, they have the pieces. Their offensive Absolutely. line is intact. Their mm-hmm. front's intact. Their quarterback returns. Really like their skill players, and they have a good tradition of, of pumping out new ones every year. So I think it could be a good year. I think that I think that district battle is going to come down to Shallowwater and Bushland. And the million-dollar question for anyone is, 
How do you get by Brock? Oh, well, yeah. Well, that that's looking far into the future, but obviously you want to see what you can do in district, and certainly that should be a fun one. But uh, one of the teams that uh, really interests me, just the fact that they're in in a new uh, classification, Abernathy, you speak about quarterbacks, Bryson Daly, he's a he's a very household name at this point. He'll If he's not, he will be a household name because it's his junior year. This is where your big recruiting year, and certainly he's been working his tail off to be a much better quarterback. I know he's been running. Uh, a lot more to kind of get that thrown into his game and not only that but then kind of get the touch passes working as well uh, along with the deep pass because he certainly has some talent as well with uh, again I, I could be wrong you can correct me but Cole Kirkland I know was one Cole, Cole Carlisle was another playmaker that they had and you've actually spoken to Coach Daly and uh, Bryson as well so I guess what, what have you kind of seen from the old antelopes yeah I kind of feel bad about how much I, I ask of Bryson you know he, hey. he was our co-hitter of the year in, uh, <laughs> if you're good, in you're baseball good, right? yeah he won, he won bronze and discus interviewed him there you know go to Abernathy cut him a break on the on the football Abernathy visit to focus on their offensive line but Bryson is a very special player uh, mm-hmm. he's got good size mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be interesting to see if colleges like him as a quarterback or a linebacker, a linebacker or a safety yeah. which mm-hmm. he probably translates best to from a physical standpoint mm-hmm. um, on the next level but he's a guy I mean he runs the ball he can throw the ball he can tackle. He's, mm-hmm. he's just incredibly valued, valuable to that, that program. And, by the way, he's a coach's kid. But, yeah. but Abernathy as a whole, there's a lot to like about them. Obviously, they are up a division. They're going to go up against Idaloo. But it's a winnable district that they're heading into, Colorado City, uh, Idaloo, Coahoma, Stanton, and Roosevelt. Although a lot of big running physical teams, so that's going to be the interesting factor is if can you match that toughness. And I think that's one thing that Abernathy has shown, that they've been able to do that. Kind of going to guys that can really kind of do it all. I know one guy that really stands out to me, at least at New Deal at the Class 2A level, Jet Whitfield. He's a guy that you've seen a couple times on the baseball field, a couple times on the track and field uh, ring as well. I guess, what what are you expecting out of New Deal in, in a district where it, it seems like a joke with all the coaches in that district, but it's like, I mean, a lot of them say it's one of the tougher ones in, in the state. And totally I mean, agree. And, and I mean, you can really make a case for that. Yeah, no doubt. Really like Jet Whitfield. And this is kind of his year after after being bogged down for, for accolades in the past. Yeah. It could be a really big year for him, not only in football but also baseball where he was a uh, second team uh, baseball player last this past basketball season. too I, I mean he plays yeah. everything <laughs> I mean and, and he's a great quarterback I mean it, yes it, it's kind of funny like facially kind of looks like Tim Tebow too which is which there is funny they, they've got a really good team down mm-hmm. the I'm very very high on this team and in fact uh I think I sent this out, but I've got them uh, number two in the uh, the AP poll to begin the season. I mean, and I, we can I like, talk about that on another. I, podcast, I like that pick a lot. I think yeah. that they're going to be fine. I think that's a I think that's a really good pick. I like that they have DK, and I fi- I feel like at this level, it only takes about three playmakers to mm-hmm. to be a, a state championship game. It's unfortunate they lost Nehemiah Martinez, yeah. who wasn't being allowed to play. Aleva Cooper, and we're kind of looking into that. And, and um, but beyond that. I feel like New Deal is good at churning out players to complement their playmakers. And uh, this year won't be different. And this year they've got some pretty special playmakers. Not only that, but then you've just got some guys that are speedsters. I mean, a lot of them are on the track and field team, so you got a lot of speed. Sundown is another team that just kind of wanted to go through real quick with Christian Hewitt's coming back. you got uh, Stephen Quintanilla, who also does pretty well on the track and field scene and the cross-country scene. First-year coach Adam Cummings said they're going to run the spread. I think that's the perfect uh, offense for all that talent. Almost the same as New Deal. I, I mean, uh, 
not, not trying to say anything. Just I just feel like they're both talented. They have really good passing offenses, and I think that should make for a really fun District 2-2A Division One. Anyone else uh, from that uh, 2A division that, that's kind of, uh, I guess, maybe interesting to you? I mean, New Home moving up from 6-man to 11-man is kind of interesting. We'll look into that a little mm-hmm. bit. But I think uh, other than that, I mean, they're – like I said, we're trying to keep this short. It's already 20 minutes, yeah. but, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of leave it at that, I guess, and then we'll kind of talk a little bit more and get a little bit more in-depth on some of these districts as well as we go to six-man, where it seems like every year we're talking about Borden County, and I guess we'll talk about Borden County again, right? Yeah, yeah they bring back five guys from their uh, state championship team. Uh, they're good on the trenches. Yep. Uh, they're bringing in their fullback just moves over to running back, which yep. is something they've been doing the past couple of years. So ben uh, no, no problems there. What I do like about their district, which is six one A Division One, is I feel like Klondike's on the rise. Klondike is a th- Klondike is this program that hasn't made the playoffs but twice in the past twenty years. Yeah. But they did that in their first year with Dalton De- DeGraffenry, mm-hmm. who graduated Crane. Crane. He graduated Crane in two thousand eleven. He's, yep. he's already got a really good reputation. Mm-hmm. I think they're bringing back like twelve people from their playoff team, but it's a tough district because you also have Sands in there, so mm-hmm. and only two are going to go. Um, and obviously, I think Borden County is going to be one of them. That's really, one of them, yeah. <laughs> really excited about Borden County's um, non-district schedule. They're going to play Strawn. They have an opening game against uh, Union Gilmer Hill. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, Gilmer Union Hill, uh, which is the, the big contender East out Texas. east. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always kind of on the cusp of, of uh, getting to the championship level. So that's, that's a really exciting game. And if it's a good litmus if test yeah, of anything, yeah. If you're a six-man fan, that's where to be uh, when they play on August 30th, which is a Thursday night. Speaking of some other six-man teams, just to kind of throw out some names, Jaden's a team that I feel has got mm-hmm. a lot of talent kind of coming up. I know they've been playing really well against Josh Staniline. It's just they haven't reached that next level. I think this is a year that they're going to do that. Totally agree with you. I think they're a favorite in every single game they play oh, this absolutely. year. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, I Maybe Motley County, and I know they were young a couple years ago. Maybe some of those guys that were young kind of took their lumps. I think they'll kind of be on the come up as well. Any Anyone else that you kind of wanted to mention? I know Klondike has been a team that you've just been bugging me about the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I think that about covers it for now, but yeah. we'll be watching it closely during the season and have, have some different ideas for how to cover six-man this year. Yeah, and last but not least, Taps. And, of course, you got Lubbock Christian, the Eagles, Chris Softley. I mean, I feel like sky's the limit for that team. I mean, their offense was really good last year, had a chance to do some really special things last year, and I, I feel like that's going to really fuel them this year. Trinity Christian, another team that I feel could do some things as well, especially with all the athletes they have. Yeah, the the district that the, that those two teams are in, uh, District 1, Division 3. Same district, by the way. Yeah, yeah. but it's changed a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. Willow Park Trinity was a very successful team last year. Flower Mountain, Coral, and Dio yep. is a good team. I like... Trinity Christian. I've got Lubbock mm-hmm. Christian winning this district, but I feel like Trinity Christian has some really good-looking receivers. Yeah. And Daniel Wheeler yep. uh, and another guy who's above six feet tall. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're giants on, on the level. And then Lubbock Christian, Zeke Lott, who's, who plays linebacker and running back, feel like yep. he's going to end up being a Division One player. Um, and you, if you ever look at his Twitter, you know, he's got a couple of really good important – highlights. Yeah, he's got, some, well, he's got some really important coaches following Well, him. that too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's pretty good, and, and that's what we know about them so far. Obviously, there's a little bit of turnover um, from Lovett Christian from its state semifinal team mm-hmm. last year. Um, had a guy go to Dort College, mm-hmm. um, but they bring back their quarterbacks. They bring back a limited set of their of their skill set. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and they they're. Um, 
kind of the same in the, in the defensive backfield. Well, that's the thing. It's like you said, as long as you have your line intact, which they do, they, you got a little, you got a couple skill players that can obviously make plays for you. And if your defense can keep you in it, which they were one of our top defenses last year, I think they were one of the kind of unknowns. Like they were keeping teams under 20, if I'm not mistaken, from last year. So I think that's one thing that you can kind of watch out for. If their defense is just as good as it was last year, they're going to probably make a run to that state semifinal once again. But Appreciate the time, Mike. I know uh, I thought it was going to be 10 minutes, but obviously when you talk football, it happens. You talk a little bit more than you think. But overall thoughts on this season or just being done with this football tab now that you can kind of get out and at least cover some volleyball before uh, football really starts and everyone kind of gets fired up. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's going to be a really good year on both fronts. I really like Denver City and, and volleyball a whole lot. And then yeah. you've got Trinity Christian going for probably a fifth consecutive uh, forever yeah. for a championship. Uh, Coronado has been really impressing us so far. Got a big win over San Angelo Central. And Monterey was a team that I put 10th yeah. uh, in, in the initial poll. And they went to the Bev Ball tournament and uh, finished fourth getting knocked out by Coronado. Did so, some work. Did so, some work. You know, I, I feel like on the big level, because I'm not really worried about Denver City, or shallow yeah. water any of those guys um on the big level they're now in district 3 5a with, mm-hmm. with the amarillo schools and these amarillo schools they used to meet up in the bite district round and last year the amarillo schools swept out yeah. the, the lubbock area schools so you're kind of worried about them uh but the early signs from coronado and uh, monterey are very very good and very, lubbock cooper very very good on the volleyball uh, deal and then of course we'll talk a little bit more about volleyball as well and of course you'll have your interviews with some of the coaches one of the things that we're going to try and do this year is uh, do more of a podcast type style with the I, I don't know we'll call it maybe x's and o's or something like that to where you're going to talk to some of the coaches get their feelings as to how they're running their offense or maybe a big big game that they won compared to maybe doing it on the video hopefully that'll catch a little bit more fire because obviously you can talk a little bit more or maybe get more information when you're talking compared to maybe trying to show something on a video screen so yeah to- totally agree with you sometimes you get kind of locked into the specifics and yeah. with the podcast there will be opportunities to, to break away from x's and o's and, and talk about you know family or yeah. how you got into coaching or, or whatever anything else like that which hopefully uh, like i said our, our biggest deal as i've mentioned when we went when i first started here is to tell the stories of the people and i think we're starting to kind of get there especially with the podcast i know you kind of like talking to some of the coaches just getting their thoughts and views which we'll do uh, sooner rather than later and of course uh, we appreciate y'all listening to this edition the inaugural edition of the lone star varsity podcast for the 2018 football and volleyball season yeah it's volleyball too there's other sports that happen as well along with football we'll be covering that and much more you can get all that information at lonestarvarsity.com lubbockonline.com and then of course don't forget to pick up the sunday edition of the lubbock avalanche journal which will have the lone star varsity football preview with all the information about all the football teams as well once again i'm carlos silva the sports editor of the lubbock avalanche journal joined as always by mike graham appreciate you listening we'll talk to you next week